Welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. Hope, joy, peace, love, they sound wonderful, don't they? Things all of us would say we would want. Yet during the holidays, they can feel more distant than any traveling we could ever do. So what's the remedy? How do we experience them? How can we know the Christ of Christmas and let Him make a difference in our lives? The answer might surprise you. It's Advent. And we're not talking about a fun calendar filled with candy. We're talking about a season of expectation fulfilled in the Earth's only true source of hope. So let's explore how that happens together in our current series, Unwrapping Christmas, as we continue the Upward Journey. Right upward family, you're looking good. Lights come up, I see all kind of good-looking faces out there. You act like you don't believe that. No one's told you that already this morning. So good to see you. I'm in a good mood this morning, excited to be here, ready for Christmas that's coming, and I'm excited about this season. We're in the middle of a series called Unwrapping the Gift of Christmas, and God is unwrapping, Jesus is unwrapping some wonderful gifts for you this Christmas. And we're talking about those, the love, the hope, the joy. And today we're going to talk about peace as a gift from God. Jesus spoke to his disciples and he said, my peace I give to you as a gift. Not something you earn, not something you strive for, certainly not something you worry yourself into. But he said, I give you the gift of my peace. And we're going to talk about this morning. But first, we're going to have some fun. You ready? Can we be a little silly this morning? Everybody knows I'm just a little bit silly. Once in a while, I tell stories, and my wife said, you're being silly. But I've been here 24 years now, so you've learned to put up with that. And if any of you here or online take yourselves a little too seriously, you might want to just close your eyes for just a minute, because I'm going to be silly just for a second. I I am old enough to remember at Christmas time that we got the Sears Wish Book. How many are old enough to remember the good old Sears wish book? Some of you are not that old. You raise your hand. I'm just not sure. It's about this thick, and you would thumb through it at Christmas time and see all the top toys. And those of us who were really smart had a pen with us, and we would circle things. We didn't want to go over the top, but we would kind of subtly, or maybe not so subtly, circle the toys that we wanted for Christmas that year in hopes that mom and dad would see that and get us those gifts. So I love the Sears wish book, and I don't guess you have that anymore. So we're going to help you this morning. I googled this, so it's absolutely, positively has to be true (laughs) because I googled this, but it's the 2021 top toys of the year for this year. So I'm really doing you a service this morning. If you haven't bought a toy for your children yet, here you go. Or if you haven't known which toy to ask for for yourself, here you go. This is full service this morning. We're helping you out. But I want you to see seven of the top toys in 2021 that people are giving to their children as gifts. And you're going to have to pick which one you would want for you. Are you ready? First of all, we have the VTech print cam. Your kids can actually take pictures and print them on the spot. That sounds like so much fun. VTech Kitty Zoom print cam. Second, we have the Poppet fidget toy because we need more fidgeting in the world today. 
The poppet fidget toy. I can tell some of you want that right now while I preach. You'd like to have that in your hand so you can be doing that. Third, we have the Real Jam guitar. I think Pastor Matt likes this one the best. The Little Tykes Real Jam guitar. All right. Now, this one is a personal favorite coming up. It's a pug, and uh, his name is Poppy the Booty Shaking Pug. I think Poppy just got some votes right there. Fifth is Baby Alive, Lulu Achoo. And she obviously sneezes and does all kind of other things. And nobody that's ever had a real baby wants anything like that because you've already been there and done that, right? Because your baby can do things that baby cannot do. Sixth, the Play-Doh Rising Cake Oven. You can actually make a cake out of Play-Doh. How many of you had Play-Doh growing up? How many ever got threatened over Play-Doh in your house? Amen. Now, this one is my favorite. I'm just going to tell you now. I'm voting for this one now. It is the Squish Mallow Corgi. I have a Corgi that looks just like that. We've had him two months, and he is very squishy, a real one. So I'm voting for that one myself. Now we're going to go back through them really quick and we're going to see who wins it up with this morning. You ready? Then all my silliness will be out of my system for today. Maybe. Go back. VTech Kitty Zoom Print Cam. How many want that for your own life? You want the print cam. A lot of votes this morning. How many want the poppet fidget toy? You folks are going to be hard to preach to this morning. You're fidgeting out there. All right. How many vote for Poppy the booty shaking pug? Not very many hands. Thursday night, Poppy won. How many want Baby Alive Lulu Achoo? Nobody has voted for her yet in all this. The Play-Doh Rising Cake Oven? Okay. Squishmallow Corgi. Y'all going with me? I believe the Squishmallow Corgi won today. All right, now you know your gifts. Go out and buy one of these. And I'm not making many money on that. Today... Hopefully got my silliness out of my system. Today we're going to talk about unwrapping God's beautiful gift of peace. And if we ever needed that in our lives, we need God to give us peace. We need God to come into our lives and give us the gift of peace. Because things are not peaceful around us. You look at the nativity scene and... There's a beautiful song, and I think we're going to sing it at the end of service, called Silent Night. And it's a beautiful song, and it was silent, and it was peaceful. But all around that nativity scene, there was violence and chaos and evil trying to destroy what was happening in that nativity moment. And that's such the world we live in today is filled with so much chaos, so much violence, so much uncertainty, and so much evil That we as children of God, as Christians, we need God to give us the supernatural gift of peace. When I was a young man starting out in ministry, one of my first ministries was to go to nursing homes. And uh, I would go visit with people who didn't have a visitor at all. Greg's going to announce at the end of service today, our Christmas offering. We were able to touch and still are many, many, many nursing home residents who don't get a visit. Deborah was telling me uh, before service today, she called a nursing home and said, can we come give gifts 
to some of your people who don't have visitors. And the lady said, you guys are an absolute godsend to us because we have people that nobody reaches out to through the year. And especially at Christmas time, that's hurtful. So you guys have been able to touch children around the world and nursing home residents this year in a really powerful way in your Christmas offering. But I used to go to nursing homes and I, and I was with a lady one time and she was actually... They thought she was dying. I showed up and I developed a relationship with her and they thought this lady was dying. It was a Sunday afternoon and I came walking in and went and they said, please go to her room. She needs you right now. You're all she's got other than us. And so I went and I held her hand and she was. It really seemed that she was dying and I tried to witness to her. I'd shared Christ with her. She'd not yet accepted Jesus Christ. And we were talking and she was just saying... I haven't found what I'm looking for. And she kept saying that. I just, I can't leave this earth without finding what I'm looking for. And she had all kinds of stuff. She had a very successful career. She had a wonderful husband. She was actually an eyewitness to Pearl Harbor in 1941. She had this incredible story, had been all over the world and done many great things. But she still said, there's something I'm looking for. And I gripped her hand and looked her in the eye. And I said, what are you looking for? And she looked me square in the eye and she said, peace. I need to find peace. Some of you right here today and some of you online, you're looking for peace. Because this world is throwing all kinds of anxiety your way. Our nation, our world today is in a mental health crisis like I don't believe I've ever seen in my lifetime. The Bible says that in the last days, men's hearts will fail them for fear. And I always wondered what that meant. But I'm beginning to understand that a little bit in a way that I never did before. Because we're constantly barraged with bad news and divisive rhetoric all the time. We're continually told how bad things are. And there are those out there who like and actually profit on stirring us up against each other. There's an industry for bad news. When I was young, again, I'm making myself sound really, really old today, but when I was young, the news came on at 6 p.m. and 11 p.m. Now it's on all the time. You can hear bad news 24-7 if you wish. Men's hearts are crying out. For peace. And I want you to understand, God's unwrapping something for us at Upward Christian Fellowship and for every believer who will receive it. God's unwrapping a gift of peace for you today. A peace that will be noticed when you're in a room. A peace that will make people wonder if you're just a little crazy. A peace that will be so settled in your heart that when you walk through deep waters and dark times, it's not that you have a fake smile on your face. It's not that you're just putting on a brave face. It's that down deep in your heart, you've got a relationship with Jesus. And you know that if you have that, everything else is going to be okay. Are you with me today? If you've got that, everything else is going to be okay. If you know Jesus and he lives in you, he's got you. And he wants to give you the gift of peace. 
If you wake up in the middle of the night worried about what's happening, or if you get up in the morning and you just feel the weight of the world settle on your chest, God wants to give you some relief by giving you a great gift, and that's a gift of peace. Isaiah said this in the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. He gave four titles or four names of the coming Messiah. Now understand, Isaiah wrote this a long, long time before Jesus actually came to earth. Before he was born, before he became human, before he uh, was incarnate in that baby in Bethlehem, Isaiah wrote these words. He said, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. Anybody like the sound of that right now? The government will one day rest on the shoulders of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And the fourth title that Isaiah gave him was Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. Now, what does that mean? Well, a prince is somebody who's in authority. A prince is someone who has nobility. A prince is someone who has the power to make things happen. The Hebrew word that Isaiah used is sar. Everybody say that with me, sar. You're learning some Hebrew today. In English, we would transliterate that to be S-A-R, sar. And the Hebrew word sar means a commander or one in authority that directs others and makes things happen. Many leaders throughout the world and the history of the world have taken their title from this Hebrew word prince, which is Tsar. Can anybody imagine a Roman leader who may have used Tsar in his title? How about Caesar? In Germany, before World War I, there was the Kaiser. In Russia, they just took the word and they called him czar. It simply means someone who is in authority and someone who is in control, who can make things happen. This is what I discovered with peace. Last week, we talked about how joy and weeping are connected. What I learned about peace in the scripture is this. Peace is connected with authority. Jesus is the one who can speak peace into our lives. Sar. He is the sar of peace. Now that word peace is translated translated from the word shalom. And shalom does not just mean peace. Shalom means much more to that. We think of peace as tranquility. We think of peace as, if my kids would stop fighting, I would have a little peace around here. Some of you look like you may have said that at home this week. Can I get a little peace around here? If my spouse, I'm getting in dangerous territory now. If my spouse would stop nagging me, I would have some peace. I'm not even going to look up. Don't even look up right now. If my boss would just be a little nicer, I could have some peace. If I could just win the lottery, I could have some peace. People say this and ask these questions and they see peace or shalom as the absence of something. 
Shalom means much more than that. Shalom is not everything is calm in my life and everybody's getting along. Not the kids are quiet, my spouse is behaving, everybody's doing the right thing. Shalom does not mean everything around you is easy. Shalom means that on the inside, everything is as it should be. One biblical scholar defines shalom as the way things ought to be. Shalom is here. I want to tell you this statement. I want you to remember it. Shalom, true peace, is not the absence of something. It's the presence of something. Real peace is not the absence of problems. It's the presence of the prince in your heart. And if you have the Prince of Peace living in your heart and you have given him authority over your life, you can walk in peace. That's his gift to you. Do you understand that? Come. That's the the whole point of this message today is bring everything you have, everything you are, everything you're worried about today Bring it under the authority of the Prince of Peace. And when you bring it under His authority, He can speak peace to it. And you can walk in a supernatural peace that the world does not understand. You know the Bible said we're like strangers and foreigners down here. You ever had people look at you like you're crazy? You're supposed to be. Now, the Bible doesn't say we're to be weird for weirdness' sake. Some of you got that. You've got that down. We're not to be weird and just crazy. And it's not even necessarily the clothes we wear or carrying a big Bible under our arms that makes us look like a Christian. It's what's going on in here. That in the middle of crazy circumstances, people look at you and you're not torn up. You're not worried like they are. You're not wringing your hands in despair because you know who your king is. You know who your prince is, the prince of peace. And you know that he's living on the inside of your heart and directing your life because you've put your life under his authority. And when you've got that, friends, you're free. I said, when you've got that, you are free. You don't have to fear what's going to happen around you because the Prince of Peace lives inside of you. Shalom is not the absence of something. It's the presence of something. Better said... It's the presence of somebody, the Tsar Shalom, the commander. Now, here's the deal. Being under godly authority brings us peace. There's that word authority. I like peace, but I don't always like authority. Can I get an amen? I like peace, but I'd like to have it on my terms. You ever dealt with a person who just has a problem with authority? They can't take any direction. They can't have anybody telling them what to do. Many, many times that person has been severely wounded as children. They've been wounded by authority figures. That's just true. 
And some of you here and online, that's, that's what you deal with. You've been really wounded by authority figures in your life, and you have a problem with authority. But this peace comes from coming under authority. This peace does not come from going your own direction and doing your own thing. This peace does not come from being independent of God and being the own captain of my ship. This peace comes when I come to him and say, you are my king. You are my prince. You are my authority. And I bring everything to you. Let me just tell you what's true in my life. The things I worry about most, when I think about them and pray about them and take them before the Lord, I will often discover that I haven't fully surrendered those things to Jesus. I don't say this to shame anybody or to make you feel bad. That's not why I'm here today. And I'm not just here saying do better because telling you to do better does not help you do better. The truth of the gospel is that Jesus has already done what needs to be done. But when I look at my life, the things I worry about, I'll go to God and I'll say, Lord, you know I'm worried about this. What do I do? And I'll read the scriptures and I'll hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And nine times out of ten, the answer is this, son, trust me with this. I can handle it. Give this to me. Because my trials and my anxieties and my worries drive me to my knees in prayer. And it's in that place of humility and submission before God that I learn who He really is. That I learn He truly is the Prince of Shalom in my heart. And whatever I trust Him with, He will take care of and bring me peace in my heart. But I only learn that when I take my anxieties and my worries and my fears to Him and bring those things under His complete authority. Let me tell you about Jesus. Jesus was in a boat with His disciples one time and they're sailing over the sea. And you really want to think, I do, I want to think if Jesus is in my boat, it's going to be smooth sailing. I really want to believe that. Jesus is on this boat, nothing bad can happen. I like smooth sailing. I was on a flight not too long ago and the captain came out before we took off. The captain came out in the cabin. He said, folks, I want to talk to you. I'm like... Before he even said anything, I'm like, let me off of here right now. If the captain's come back and wants to talk to us, open that door. He said, we got a 30-minute flight to Asheville, and it is not going to be the smoothest flight you've ever been on by a long shot. Like, open the door. Let me out of here. I wish sailing with Jesus was smooth, but it's not. When you're sailing with Jesus, you're... You're going to go through some storms. But can I tell you this? This is what you rejoice in. Jesus is in the boat. The Prince of Peace is in your heart. And He's going to take care of you. But you'll be in the storm and you're like, 
Where's Jesus? I say this a lot about Jesus. I think one day when we get to heaven and talk about talk to the disciples, I'm going to go ask them this. I'm going to go ask them. I'll say, what was it really like to hang out with Jesus? And they're going to say, you had to go looking for him a lot. You read your Bible, you'll see that's there. Where's Jesus? You got to go find him. He's always gone. You wake up in the morning, he's gone. Nobody knows where he is. You need something, he's asleep. You're dying here and Jesus is taking a nap. And when the disciples tell me that, I'm going to be like, yeah, I know it. It's the same way of my life. I wasn't with him physically, but yeah, he's like that. There's times I'm in a storm. I'm like, God, where are you? I know you're supposed to be on this boat somewhere, but uh, I don't see you. I don't know what you're doing. This is the thing about the Prince of Peace. He can sleep through a storm. And you want the guy in charge to be able to sleep through your storm. If he was out there worried with you, he wouldn't be much help. (laughs) Heard a guy one time give a word from God, quote, word from God. He was supposedly speaking from the Lord and he said this, and I I laughed at it back then because I knew it wasn't God. He said... (laughs) What did he say? Something like this. He said, perilous times are coming, saith the Lord. So perilous, the Lord says, that yea, it even scareth I. (laughs) Maybe you don't find that funny as I did, but I thought, man, if God gets scared, that's trouble right there. If God's getting worried, that's bad news. I knew that wasn't God because Jesus doesn't get scared about anything. He's not troubled by my storm. He's in the boat with me, but he can sleep through it because he knows he has authority over it. The one who can sleep through your storm can also speak to your storm. Jesus awoke from his nap. And I just want to hear, I want you to hear me. If you feel like Jesus has been taking a nap through your storm, you just get ready. He's waking up. He's going to start to move in your storm. Some of you have been suffering for a long time and you've been struggling a long time. Jesus is coming to your aid. Amen. He will be there for you and he's going to take care of you. And what he did is he got up and he looked out over the bow of that ship and he looked at the wind and the waves. And what did the Prince of Peace say? Peace. Be still. And when he spoke the word, the wind and the waves stopped. And the disciples, who had already seen so much. I mean, these guys have seen all kinds of things. Jesus has opened blinded eyes. He's raised the dead. He's turned water into wine. He's done miracle after miracle after miracle. And don't you imagine, after a while, that would just become commonplace? I love watching The Chosen. Anybody been watching The Chosen? We, we love The Chosen. We've been watching it. Our church contributed a generous offering to The Chosen, ready for the next season to come out. I love one of the things. They see Jesus in one of the scenes. I think I've got this right. They were, he, was, he saw a leper, and one of the disciples said, he's going to do it again. Don't you imagine when they got around a blind man, the disciples like, the redneck disciples be like, watch this. Watch this. Watch what's going to happen. He's going to heal him again. Watch this. That's what I would have been doing. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I told you I got all my sillies out. I didn't. But they'd seen so much. They got accustomed to this. But when he spoke to the storm and it stopped, even they marveled. Even the guys who had seen everything, they said this. They said, what manner of man is this that even the winds and sea obey him? That's the prince of peace that can live in your heart if he doesn't already. That's the prince of peace for believers here today. That's who lives inside of you. And he can stand up from his nap and speak a word of peace. And when he speaks that word, the storm has to stop. I love what it says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. Paul is praying for the church at Colossae and he gives them this blessing. He said, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your heart. Do you hear that? That's a word of authority. Peace is not this mushy-gushy, sweet little feeling that can just come into your sweet little heart if you just believe. No, peace rules in your heart. I'm going to break this pulpit. Peace <laughs> rules in your heart. Peace has authority over your storm. The Prince of Peace can speak to the storm and not be a victim of the storm. As Christians, peace allows us to fly higher. What do I mean by that? When you're under a storm, you're a victim of it. You can approach storms one of two ways. You can be like this. Uh, or you can be like this. You can be like, oh, you see the difference? I'm looking up because I'm beneath all this and it's hitting me. I'm a victim. Oh. I saw this on the news. There's a new one coming to get me. Oh, God, what are we going to do? Do you see how they voted today in Washington? Oh, Lord, what are we going to do? Look who's running next year. What are we going to do? Look at what my neighbor did. Oh, come to church with this silly preacher. Oh, <laughs> Security, be on guard here. Watch this guy. <laughs> you can be that way. Or you can take your position with the Prince of Peace. Who speaks two storms. It says, peace. Be still. Be still. When your anxiety comes up against you. Tries to wreck your heart and distract your whole day. And dominate your life. Go to Colossians 3.15. that says let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Amen. See when Jesus rules over your life. Peace can rule in your heart. When he is the Lord of your life. 
peace can rule in your heart. Now, that's really easy for me to stand up here and say. It's a different thing to go out in the world and practice this. It's easy for me to preach about it with all of you guys here than it is when I'm all alone and I hear the nagging voice of discouragement and anxiety in my head. Anybody else with me? But it's in that moment that I've got to come beneath God's power. Psalm 91, somebody sent me this this morning, and I, I, didn't, I didn't even include this. Uh, just, y'all just back in the booth, just forget the notes from here on out. I'm done with them. Uh, psalm 91 says this, and it's a, it's a psalm that many people have been reading and claiming over their lives over the last few years. And it opens like this. It said, He who dwells under the shelter of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Do you see what that is? The picture is of a bird. It says later in the psalm, He'll cover you with his feathers. Does that mean God's a chicken? (laughs) No, this is a picture. This is a prophetic picture in the Psalms. This is an illustration of chicks running up for cover up under their mother. And the mother will cover them with her feathers. And underneath the feathers of the mom... Nothing can get them. There's something good about being undercover. You know, when you get your feet under the covers, no monsters can get them. (laughs) Did you know that? Now, if you stick your foot out from under, especially off the edge of the bed, you are vulnerable. (laughs) Something can grab you from up underneath the bed, right? The monster up under your bed can... (laughs) Apparently, some of us still deal with that because you laugh. <laughs> Got to get my foot in here. Ever been by yourself at night and not wanting to stick your foot out? I've got to get undercover. There's something, I don't believe in monsters under your bed, but there's something about being undercover that's safe. What God's saying in Psalm 91, if you'll run up under my cover, I will cover you. And you will be safe. You will not have to fear. Because you will be under my shadow. I want to keep all my feet and my toes and my hands under God's cover. Now when the enemy tempts me and I'm tempted to do the wrong thing. Might surprise you that still happens to me. Does it to you? Apparently, they're all super Christians at Upward because that doesn't happen to anybody here. Does it happen to you? You get tempted to do the wrong thing. You know what that's like? You're sticking your foot out from under the cover. And that is, there is, the monster under your bed's not real. Oh, but there's an enemy who wants to destroy your life who is real. And when you stick your foot out from under God's cover, that's where you lose your peace. Whatever it is that's troubling you, whatever it is that's causing you anxiety, Whatever storm you're in right now, I want you to hear me. The Prince of Peace is on the boat with you. And if you will surrender that thing, if you'll surrender your life to him, you'll be undercover and you'll be safe. 
and you will have a peace, the Bible says, that passes understanding. A peace that is so powerful that your mind cannot comprehend it. I'm not freaking out. I look at my life right now. We've been, my wife and I, we've been walking through a health crisis together for the last three months or four. Feels like ten. Both of us are just looking at each other saying, God's got this. And we're amazed at how we're not freaking out. Peace passes understanding. The lady in the nursing home, you want to hear the end of her story? She was looking for peace. She didn't die that day. She came back. And I visited her again and again and again until I left that city. One of the last times I saw her, I took her by the hand and I read John chapter 4 to her about the woman at the well. And it was almost like I was talking to the woman at the well. She'd have a lot of experiences, but never really knew Jesus. And she heard that story and she said, I want that. And I said, you can have that today by inviting Jesus to be the Lord of your life. She said, I'd like to do that. And she took me by the hand and she prayed and asked Jesus to be the Lord of her life. And you know what she told me? She told me later, she said, uh, she said, finally, finally, I have found what I've been looking for. She said, this is amazing, but for the first time in my life, my heart is at peace. Because the Prince of Peace had come in. The Prince of Peace had come in. That can happen for you. Would you stand up today? We're going to worship. We're going to pray. Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for every person here watching online. This beautiful, wonderful family we have here, Jesus. And thank you for your gift of supernatural peace. May it flood our souls. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as the Savior and Lord of your life, and you want to just say, Jesus, I surrender to you. You're not joining this church. You're not signing up for Pastor Andy's bandwagon. You're saying yes to the one who created you. Heads bowed, eyes closed for just a minute here, please, to give everyone an individual decision. If you're here today and say, Pastor, I'm saying yes to Jesus today. Can I see your hand? Can you lift it up high so I can see it? God bless you. I'm saying yes to Jesus. Can we give a hand for those that are saying yes to Jesus? That's awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. How many can say, Pastor, I've said yes to Jesus, but there's a situation, there's a circumstance, there's something in my life that I need to bring under God's cover today so that I can really have peace in that situation. Can I see your hand? That's you. Amen. Hands all over the building. I'm bringing it under cover today, under God's authority. If you're saying yes to Jesus, you can just pray this prayer. The church will pray with us. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me, for dying for me. I ask you today, forgive my sin. Live in my heart. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I follow you today as the Prince of Peace. Amen. Amen. Well, but thank you so much for being a church that meets needs here in our own community. Hey, uh, one more thing that we want to make sure that we highlight today is that I don't know if you realize this or not, but this past Tuesday, Pastor Andy and Alexa, they celebrated 24 years of being the pastors here at Upper Christian Fellowship. Pastor Andy, Alexa, y'all come on out here. 
I know you guys love this couple, love this family, man. They have meant so much to all of us, and all of us could go around the room, and we could share stories about how they have impacted and changed all of our lives. And so uh, that would take forever, so we're not actually going to do that. But we do want to say this. That this couple right here, there's a, there's a verse of Scripture that Paul writes in one of his letters where he says, follow me as I follow Christ. This couple right here lives that out every single day. The same people that you hear telling their authentic relationship stories from the platform, uh, maybe sometimes oversharing for maybe Alexa's concern. Uh, man, it's the same people that you're going to meet out there in the lobby. It's the same people that you're going to sit around a table with and have a meal with. Man, they live it out every single day. And we are so honored, so fortunate to have them as serving as our pastors. Man, we are so grateful for them and the work that they do. We love you guys so much. We have a small token of appreciation for you guys that we want to be able to say thank you for being able to lead and serve and guide us. We are so grateful for how God is using you and is going to continue to use you for many, 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 many years to come. We love you guys so much. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so, so much. Love y'all so much. Been a wonderful 24 years. Let's do it again, all right? Let's do it again. By the way, who was that guy? Who is that? He has no beard? I don't know. I've been rubbing his cheeks all morning, even if that seems weird. Been wonderful 24 years. Thank you. Thank you. Also been informed I made a terrible mistake as I was up here this morning that I got to correct. We didn't vote on the guitar. I skipped right over the My Real Jam guitar, so can I see your hands if you want the guitar? Let's write this wrong. The guitar may have actually won. Wow. Love y'all so much. I want to bless you today. Just lift your hands. Let me bless you. And it's with the words of Psalm 91. You who dwell in the secret place, under the shelter of the Most High, you abide under the shadow of the Almighty. His shadow covers you and keeps you and protects you. When the arrow that flies by day or the terror that comes at night, it won't come near you. And the pestilence that sweeps the world will not come near your house because you are abiding in the shadow of the on high, the almighty, the prince of peace. I bless you with that today. Now I commission you and send you out. Go into your world in the power of the Holy Spirit and take Jesus everywhere you go. Amen. Love y'all. Merry Christmas. Can't wait to see you again next week. Love you. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upward Journey. If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina, you can look up our website at ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Upward Christian Fellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue the Upward Journey.